Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. I want to read for you um, a scripture tonight from the book of Hebrews. I'm going to switch here to the sound team. Amen. So I'm going to um, read tonight. I'm starting a new series tonight. Next Wednesday night will be business meeting. And so I, I want you to be here for business meeting. We won't have normal Bible study next Wednesday night. Uh, we'll probably come in. We may have a song of worship, and then we're going to get right into our business meeting. So there will not be a lesson to next Wednesday for Bible study. It'll be our annual business meeting, and we are late in our annual business meeting. We normally have it in January, but because of the slow start to the year, we had to push it back. So, But for the next few weeks, I will be teaching on this subject. I want to talk to you about voices, voices. And uh, it'll be uh, an elongated series, but I want to start tonight. Um, the book of Hebrews chapter 5, the book of Hebrews 5, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 12. Uh, when you have it, just shout, I got it. Amen. And if you have a pen or pad or a way to take notes tonight, I would advise you to do that. I, I believe God's going to help us tonight. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12 says, for when the time ye ought for when... For when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that, is, that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are, that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And again, I, I, I want to start this series. I want to talk about voices. How many will raise your hand and admit and agree that there's a lot of voices that speak into my mind, speak into my life? There's voices everywhere and I need my senses exercised to discern what is right and what is wrong. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word and I ask you tonight that you would help us in Bible study time. Lord, that we're teaching tonight. We're, we're, we're digging into your word and, and we ask you for help. Uh, we can't do it without you. I need you to open our hearts, open our spirits. I pray the spirit of revelation would be given to us tonight and the spirit of illumination would be given to us tonight that we could hear your word and not just be hearers of it, but doers of it also, that we would take it from this place and we would apply it to our lives. And I ask you all of this in your precious name, in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. You may be seated. Amen. For those that are watching online tonight, thank you for being uh, with us online. Love you and appreciate you. And uh, I hope that your online experience tonight is great. Um, we've been working hard to make that awesome. And so uh, to our online family, we love you so much, our online church. And those that may be watching from other places, 
we're, we're so glad you've joined us tonight. Um, we're living in a, in a world um, full of voices. Um, some good, mostly bad. Um, and and even, even the ones that would um, attest or attend to try to be beneficial to us a lot of times are not beneficial because um, those, those, th those voices are not pushing us in the right direction for what we need to know, what we need to understand, how we need to live. Um, but we're inundated with voices, more, more voices now than ever before. Um, I remember a time, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very young man, about to be 43, so I'm a very young man. Um, but I'm old enough to remember uh, when we didn't have cell phones. That was not a thing. Um, I remember the first car phone that we had. Uh, it didn't work. It just came with the car. It, was, it wasn't hooked up to nothing. Um, but I remember being a kid, and, and I would, like, wait for someone to be next to us, and I would, like, pick up the phone. It's not, not even a dial tone on the other end. It's not, it just came with the car my dad bought at the time. But it was like a boat anchor, too, by the way. Like, like, like you, you could have took that thing home and used it for curls, you know. Ah, it, was, it, was, it was a weight. It, it, it was so um, extravagant. I remember, getting, um, I remember getting a cordless phone. I remember that in my home. Um, I remember getting our first cordless phone, and uh, it, it was giant cordless phone, and it had an antenna on it that you could pull out and go fishing with it. <laughs> it, was like, it was like a cane pole. Um, it, it was giant. And, um, and, and, and then I remember like having a, 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 like a voicemail system with a little tape in it. Y'all had the little tape, little tiny tape? I don't even know where, where, where could you even buy that little tiny tape at. It just, if you use that one up, that was just it. And, and if you accidentally hit re rewind, it automatically erased that tape. And I can't tell you how many times me and my brothers would accidentally do that. And they'd be like, no, we, there was information on there. We needed to know that. Like, I, I didn't know. I just, I just came in and hit a button. Um, and you didn't know stuff about people until you saw them. You'd see somebody and you'd be talking to them and you'd be like, yeah, well, you know, oh, you know how's Craig doing? Well, Craig died. What? Craig's dead? Yeah, Craig's been dead for six months. I didn't know. You just, you told people stuff when you seen them. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 we just lived in a world where we, we, we were okay not being so connected. Let me say that again. I remember a world where we were totally okay not being so connected not knowing everything about everybody, not knowing what you ate for lunch today because we didn't get pictures of it, or not knowing what, it, what, at what time you had coffee or what time you were doing your devotion because you took a picture of your coffee and your Bible and your pen and your pad and you're trying to show off that you love Jesus. It is me and Jesus' time. Well, apparently it's not because you invited all of us into it. I'm not. I'm. I'm a meddle a little bit tonight, so just go with me. I just remember a time when there wasn't so much going on, 
I've, I've made it a habit over the last few weeks of my life and, 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 and really for the last couple years, I've tried to make this habit that my first thing I do in the morning is when I pick up my phone to turn my alarm off, I open my, my Bible app. That's the first thing I look at, just scripture. I don't even care what it is. It's just I want to, I don't want, if there's a voice that's going to be in my head, I want it to be God's voice. You know, because, because you, could, you, could, you could easily open up all the text messages that came to you at 2, 3, 4, at midnight, you know, and their voices are going to be the first voices you hear. You could, you could open up Instagram if you wanted to, but all those voices are going to be the first thing you hear. You could check your Facebook if you wanted to, but those voices are going to be the first thing you hear. And, and I believe that the first voice has the most influence over the day. Amen. And so I, 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 I just try because you have to guard your, 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 your mind. We, we, we are living in a world where if you're not guarding your mind, you, you are being controlled. You may not think you're being controlled, but you're being controlled. If you're not guarding your mind, you're not taking the time to guard your mind. Several years ago, this has been years now. My wife would tell you this. This is several years. I don't watch the news. I don't listen. I don't read. And you may say, well, Pastor Chavis, you, 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 know, you, you need to be up to date with what's going on. I don't care about being up to date with what's going on. Um, I see enough of it not trying to see it at all. I, it just automatically happens. I just, I, I see it when I see it. I, I can't tell you the last time I turned on a, a newscast or watched news. It's, it's been a long, long time. I remember I started watching, the most news I watched was in the month of March 2020. Because I was trying to figure out what's going on. By the end of March, I realized that we, had, that we were about to take a, a disease that was going to affect a lot of people, and we were going to make it political, and so I quit watching it. And the many people have died because we turned a pandemic into politics. So I just quit watching it because I don't want all them voices in my head. I don't care to have all the voices in my head. We have to guard what you hear. There are three major voices in, in your life. Now, there's a bunch of voices. And if I was to stand up here today and I was going to try to teach us a series on the voices of family and the voices of media and the voices of friends and the voices of relationships, like if I was going to stand up here today and try to cover every voice that's in our world, this series would go on for the rest of this year. And I would not get close. So what I want to talk to us about is the three major voices. This is what I've learned in my ministry. And, I, and, and I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to touch on some things before I really get into my points tonight. But one thing I've learned is I will entertain three voices most of the time. That is the voice of God. That is my voice. And that is the voice of the enemy. The voice of God, my voice, and the voice of the enemy. And I, 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 I give it to you in that form because I believe it comes in that form. The first voice that Adam heard, the, the, the first voice that Adam and Eve heard was the voice of God. The second voices that they heard were the voices of each other. 
And the third voice that they heard was the voice of Satan. Those are the three voices that were in the garden, and those are the three voices that are going to be in, in, in your life. It comes to me in that way. The first thing I hear is normally the voice of God. It's normally the impression of God. Now, when I say the voice of God, I don't mean God's talking to me all the time like it was, you know, like an audible voice. But it's an impression. It's a thought. Right? God speaks to me in the way you would think a spirit would speak to a human. How do you think a spirit would speak to a human? Up here. Right? So if you're waiting for God to speak to you audibly, you might be waiting a long time. God has spoke to me audibly, meaning that he spoke so loud in my head, it sounded like he was actually in the room. But that's very few. And people who say that that happens to them every day, I got a ton of questions for you. <laughs> if God's talking to you like that all the time, man, what, like, what are you drinking? What are you doing? Show me the way, Obi-Wan. Show me the way. Teach me, Sensei. Teach me, because that's not, that's few or far between, but God impresses on me all the time. And the impression is always, that, that first impression is God. The second one is me, and the third one is usually the enemy. And I, I'll give it to you this, like this as, as an example. I, I feel something that says, go pray for that person. That's, that's God. I know it's God because the devil ain't ever going to ask me to go pray for nobody. Ain't happening. Okay? And, and it's probably not me because this is not how I think. I'm not, I'm not walking around going, who can I pray for? Now, if, if that's what you're doing, you probably need to calm that down a little bit. Only pray, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I'm, not, I'm just not walking around going, oh, I can't wait for a forehead so I can lay hands on it. I just, who's got a forehead that is welcoming that I can just palm them real quick? I'm not walking around thinking that. So God says, pray for this person as that's God. The second voice is me, like, was that God? It's the voice of question in there. The third voice is the enemy. Nah, I want God. You're going you're gonna to fail. You're going to be embarrassed. You're gonna, they're going to reject you. That, those, that's the voice of the enemy. They're trying to negate God's voice in my life. Here's what the writer of Hebrews is going to tell us. He tells us this. He tells us that strong meat, when am I reading tonight? And this is 5 and verse 14. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exer exercised. Here's the deal. If you are not, if you are not trying to hear God, you're never going to hear God. If you're not exercising your senses, then they can't get strong enough to discern what is good and evil. He said, that by reason of use, they are exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use. So, We see people who are like, oh, I, I felt that. God just said something. And, oh, they got the gift of prophecy. Oh, oh they have some special gift. And, and, and I, do, I do believe that those people walk this planet today. There are prophets and apostles that, among us, absolutely. But I also believe that these are just people who have exercised. They've used it. They, they, they felt God, and they did it immediately. They pushed themselves out of their comfort zone. 
they, 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 and, and over time, they've grown accustomed and they've exercised that sense that they, they know this is right and this is wrong. This is good, this is bad. They can discern what is good, what is evil. Now, even if you haven't exercised at all, and I, I, there's probably people in this room who've never exercised in your life, not really. I mean, but you can pick something up, right? Amanda doesn't exercise um, like she should. And Amanda will like do like simple things and the next day she'll be like hurting. She'll be like, my arms hurt, oh my God. It's so, so sore, you know, because she doesn't use her muscles a whole lot. The muscles that she has is what we like to call mommy muscles, right? She doesn't go to the gym. She doesn't go to the gym. She doesn't work out. But at the same time, she's strong. She's not exercising every day, but she's strong. I, I just be in trouble. <laughs> this is for the benefit of y'all. I'm trying to help you. What I'm saying is she's not a gym rat, but she can do stuff. She's strong. She can pick stuff up. Just because you're not exercising doesn't mean you can't do anything. And some of you have been in situations where you were like, ooh, I don't, I don't like, I don't. It's not that you're like exercising your spirit of discernment all the time. But, but, but you've been watching a movie before and you've been like, this ain't, I need to, this is, I need to turn this off. Because even though you're not a spiritual gym rat, I still got, I still can, I still have strength. I can still feel what is right and what is wrong. You know, you've been in a situation before, you've been around people or around situation or even a conversation, and even though you're not some kind of spiritual guru who's always exercising your gift, you're just like, hey, I, I don't need to be a part of this conversation. This is not right. You can discern, you, you know. So these are the majors. Th these are the, the big things. But if you have the strength, if you do exercise it, you can tell that in the, the little things. You can discern both good and evil. God, God doesn't give us the gift of discernment just for evil. He gives us the gift of discernment for good, too. I feel good in this. I feel that this person has a good disposition. I feel like this person it, it has a good reason for doing what they're I feel like this person has a good motive. A lot of us have just exercised our discernment for evil. In other words, you've only exercised your discernment for negative. And so if you, you just, you over negative, you, you, you're over negative. It, everybody is, everybody's working an angle. N no trust because you only exercise. But he said, I, I want you to exercise so you can discern both good and evil. You need to have both of those things. So the Lord wants us to exercise and have our senses sharpened so we can determine these two things. We, we need to be able to know what the voices are. Because if you can determine what the voices are, you know what to shut off and you know what to turn on. You know that, hey, this is good for me. To listen to the, to hear this is good for me. And to hear this is not good for me. To, to let this play in, in the background of my life, this is not good. When this voice comes, I know this voice. I know this voice because of what it's telling me and how it's pushing me. I know this voice, I know this to be God, or I know this to be me, or I know this to be the enemy. 
So tonight, I want to start with the first voice, and I believe that that is the voice of God. You know, in, uh, you know, the FBI, they, they have a, a, a part of the FBI who, who just deals with money. A part of that team in the FBI, they, they only deal with, the, it, it's like several years of training to train to be someone who can detect a counterfeit bill or work within that, that system of the FBI. And during their training, they never touch a counterfeit bill. The training is always with real money. That way when they leave that training, they know the real thing so good that if anything fake passes through their fingers or they see it, they know immediately, they're so familiar with what is true, what is right, that they can detect something fake immediately. That's what we need to do in the church. I need to know the voice of God so good that when something is counterintuitive to that or opposite of that, it, what it does, it, it, it peaks up that, that, that discernment in me that's been exercised by reason of use, and I can say, hey, that's, that's not right. Amen. And we need this because the Bible tells us in the end time there'll be many false prophets, and that many will be deceived, that, that, that many will go astray because they'll believe it. They'll believe it. I want to I read for you, um, Brother, Brother Gary, I, I don't think I gave you this scripture, I apologize. It's 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll begin in verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4. The Lord called unto Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. In verse 5, the Bible says, He ran into Eli and said, Here am I. Uh, for thou calledest me. And he said, I, I called you not. Lie down again. And he went, he laid down. And the Lord called again to Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I, I, I called you not. I, did not. I didn't call you. My son Go lay back down. Now Samuel did not know yet the Lord. He did not yet know the Lord. He did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. He hadn't exercised that sense yet. When, when, when he hadn't exercised that sense yet, when he heard the voice of God to him, it sounded like his priest. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. A lot of times God speaks in the voice of your man of God. Amen. Samuel thought it was Eli. When God would wake him up and say, Samuel, to him it sounded like Eli. He would run to Eli and say, hey, you call me? Eli said, hey, I didn't call you. He went back to bed. Two more times he comes back. He knows it's Eli because it sounds like Eli. So he comes in finally, and Eli discerns that this is the Lord calling this boy. He says, listen, the next time this happens, I want you to say, Lord, here am I. And when he says that, in verse 11, we'll see it, verse 11, and the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel. And at which both the ears of everyone that heareth 
it shall tingle. He begins to speak to Samuel. If you continue to read the, the, the chapter, I don't have time tonight. If you continue to read the chapter, you, you see that, that the Lord begins to break this thing down for Samuel. He begins to call Samuel into the ministry, call Samuel into the position of a prophet. Here's what I want to say. Between the time that you hear God and the time that you know the Lord, uh, in the in-between time, a lot of times the voice of God will come through the voice of the man of God. There will be a, there will be a breaking when the man of God says, hey, that's not me, that's God. That, that's not me telling you that, that's God telling you that. There will be a shift, but between then and then, a lot of times people will hear the voice of God as the voice of their pastor. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this tonight to try to bolster myself or, or uplift myself. What I'm telling you is, is that you need to listen to the man of God because at some point there will come a shift when, when you get attuned to that, that word then you will be able to make that shift to the next thing where the man of God says, hey, that, that's not me anymore. That's not coming from me. You're hearing directly from God. And you need to let God speak into your life. There is a exercising. There, there, there is a, a growing. So I want to point some things out to you tonight really, really quick. The first way that you know that it's God's voice, the, the number one point I want to make tonight, the first way you know that it's God's voice is that it's peaceful. Colossians 3.15 says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called into one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And we know that the Lord, when he stepped out on that ship, his, his voice, he, he spoke peace. That you know that it's God if it's peaceful. Now, you can always take these things and flip them in reverse and say, you know what? Voices that come into my life that are not peaceful, that, that don't bring me peace, that, that bring me anger and, and hatred and fear and doubt, that, that can't be God because God is not, his thoughts of me are thoughts of peace. Yeah, peace. He, te- he says this in, in, in uh, uh, Proverbs, he says this, that he gives his saints sweet sleep. If something's keeping you up at night, it ain't God. It ain't God. Especially if it's coming with doubt and, and craziness of mind and, and fear in your heart. That's not, God doesn't give anybody nightmares. He's not, he's not giving you nightmares. Now, he may give you a dream that'll wake you up and say, ooh, I don't want that to happen. But, but God is not trying to, to, to speak anything but peace into your life. And even times when God will ask you to do things that push you outside of your comfort zone, he's still trying to bring you peace. A lot of times the things that you think will bring you pain will honestly bring you peace. You think if I do that, it'll bring me pain. If I go there, it'll bring me pain. If I say that, it'll bring me pain. If I try to make that right, it'll bring me pain. But God's pushing you to do those things because he knows that that pain will really ultimately bring you peace. Amen? 
The peace that the Bible speaks of is an eternal peace, an internal peace. It's ordered by internal rest and calmness. The literal word for peace in the Bible means lack of drama. Lack of drama. God isn't a drama king. <laughs> He's not trying to bring drama into your world. Drama is not the peace of God. And God's peace is not external. Some of us have a good uh, poker face. But, but God's peace is not external. God's peace is internal. His word wants to speak peace into you. That's why you should start your day with his, with his voice. Because his voice is peace. And maybe you should end your day with his voice. Because his voice is peace. Yeah. His voice is peaceful. The second thing I want to tell you is that his voice is fearless. And when I say fearless, I mean it is void of fear. It has no fear in it. For God, 2 Timothy 1.7, 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. This world uses fear to motivate people. God does not use fear to motivate anybody. The only time the Lord tells us to fear is when he's telling us to fear him. And that word fear doesn't mean what you think it means. If you look that word up fear, when it's fear the Lord, it means respect. But, but the scribes would not write down respect in the English word because they said the English word does not encompass what the original text meant. And they said the closest word we can find to write here is fear. And so they wrote fear instead of respect. God wants your respect, but he doesn't want you to be a coward in front of him. He said that he gave you the ability to come before the throne boldly. If there is a voice in your life that is filling you with fear, that's not God. If there is a voice in your life that is putting fear on you, fear on your family, fear on your future, fear on your prosperity, fear on, on God's design for your life, that, that voice ca cannot be God. That's not God's voice. God doesn't speak fear. His words are fearless. They are void of fear. They have no fear in them. We are so inundated by fear that sometimes we don't even recognize it because our world speaks fear. Fear sells. Fear motivates. Fear, fear energizes. This world wants to keep all of us in survival mode, in fear, running Fearing, fearing each other. The, the, the motive of this world is to keep the, the world in fear. Because when you have people who are afraid, you can control them. This world will use fear to get its way. God does not use fear to get his way. He uses love to get his way. God uses love to get his way.
Now, I know that sometimes that don't make a lot of sense because uh, for most of us, we grew up in a world where our parents used fear. to control our attitudes and to, you know, entice obedience. Our parents use fear, like I will kill you. If, don't ask for nothing in this store. If you ask for anything in this store, I promise you I will beat you in front of everybody. I'll get the manager out here and I'll beat you in front of the manager. And so you just walk through the store like try not to want anything. Like you look at candy, be like, I don't even want that candy. I hate that candy. Because you was just so afraid. That, that, that's how a lot of us were raised. And we try to put that junk on God. We try to project that concept onto God. God doesn't use fear to motivate us. He's not using fear to control us. He's not using fear to control us. He doesn't want me to get up here every, every Sunday and preach about hell and hope you want to go to heaven. Y'all see, y'all didn't grow up in the world. Y'all didn't grow up in the world I grew up in. About every three services was about hell. At least. And I don't know people say, we need to get back to preaching about hell. Well, I remember being terrified of hell and terrified that God was going to send me there. And I've I, I read this Bible now. I, didn't re, I hadn't read it then, but I've read it now. And God don't want me to be so afraid of hell that I don't even really love him. I'm just terrified of hell. Yeah. He doesn't use fear to motivate. He's a fearless guy. That's not God's voice. That's not God's voice. That's not God's voice. Yeah. Also, the third point I want to make is God's voice is patient. God's voice has no deadlines. Watch what he says in Isaiah 28 and 16 and Isaiah 52 and 12. He says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. He said, he said, I laid the foundation well. There's no need to, to haste. He said in Isaiah 52 and 12, for ye shall not go out with haste nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your reward. Your re-reward. See that word? He said he will be your re-reward. He said, don't get so fast that you get in front of me. Don't, don't go so fast that you outrun me. Don't be, God's word will not try to make you make a hasty decision. God's word is patient. God's word is not rushed. God's voice has no deadlines. God's voice says to pray. God's voice says to seek. God's voice says to knock. God's voice says no need to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. The only time that God gives us any kind of haste is about salvation. The only time that God wants us to haste anything is salvation. He says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. That's the only time that God's voice is hastily. If you're in this room tonight and you're not saved, tonight's the night. 
in God's opinion. But if you're in this room and, and you got decisions to make, God wants you to take time and pray about that. Here's what, here's, here's what his voice would say. His voice would say, don't make a hasty decision. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. That's what God would say. God, God would say, hey, man, you, you, God doesn't say, if you feel it, do it. He says, no, don't, don't follow your heart like that. He said, try a thing. Discern a thing. Think about it. Well, God said, you know, I, I, I just felt like it was God's will for me to just pack up everything I, I owned and just move. That definitely wasn't God. It definitely wasn't God. I'm, I, I, I can almost be 100%, 100% about that. Unless you was moving because of some kind of craziness, I can almost be 100% that, that that's not how God works. God, God's not going to put your family in jeopardy because you got excited. God's, God's voice, God's voice does not tell us to get ahead of him. He said, don't make haste. Don't take flight. The Lord will go before you. And I will be your reward. Ah, I'll be the reward. When you, when you get into where I'm bringing you, I'll be there and I'll be the reward for your patience and your time. Take time to discover. Read the contract. Take time and read the contract. Read all of it. Hey, man, this is today only. This deal is today only. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in a mess. That's not the voice of God. The voice of God would rather you take time and do it right. Abraham Lincoln said, if someone gave me an axe and told me I had four hours to cut down a tree, I would spend the first three hours sharpening the axe. Patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue. That's what God would say. God would say patience is a virtue. Pump the brakes. Take your time. Think about it. Think about it. That's the voice of God. That's the voice of reason. Another thing, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going quickly now. The fourth point I want to make about God's voice is that God's voice is always going to speak good. Good. Yeah. Watch, watch Philippians chapter 4 and, and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If there's anything good to be found in it, that's what God wants you to look for. God's voice will always speak something good. Even if he's speaking to you for you to get out of something or push yourself out of a comfort zone, or even if God is asking you to do something that you don't think you're capable of doing, it's good. It's still good. 
because he wants peace for you. What, what Philippians 4 and verse 8 is telling us is that when we, think, when we think about anything, we should always be looking for the voice of good in it. If it's true, I, I, I want to think on that. If it's, if it's honest, I want to think on that. If, if it, I, I want to find the best in people. It is, it is my nature to find the worst. If y'all don't want to admit that tonight, I'll admit it. It's in my nature to find the worst. It's in my nature to see the worst in people. It's in my nature. I'm a human being. But by reason of use, I'm trying to exercise my spirit. To, if it's true, I want to focus on that. Well, if, it's, if it's something good here, I want to focus on that because that's the voice of God in my life. The voice of God is going to speak good. The voice of God wants me to speak good. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works. If you want to know if someone has a good intention or if that that voice is the right voice, it's going to be provoking you to something good. God does not provoke his people to do evil, to think evil, to be negative, or to think negative. God provokes his people to do good, to think good. You know, if you think good, you'll do good. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 sometimes we, our, our, our thinking is so stinking that we stink. And people don't want to be around us because they know we're going to find something negative to talk about. We're going to find something wrong to talk about. All the good things that could be going on, we're not going to talk about none of that. We're just going to talk about, can you believe? Did you know? You, you're never going to guess. That's not the voice of God, because the voice of God speaks good. Good. If there is a voice in your life that's not speaking good, that's not the voice of God. Yeah. God will not leave us without a good thing. He, he has thoughts of us, and those thoughts are good. Those thoughts are peace. And the last point I want to make tonight in, in my closing is I want to tell you that the voice of God is harmonious. What, what, what I mean by that is the voice of God speaking to you will always be in harmony with the word that he's already written. God will never speak against his written word. 2 Timothy 3 16 through 17 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God is not going to go against his written word. God's not going to tell you something that he speaks of differently in his, in his word. When people start saying stuff like, well, God showed me, you know, we, uh, you know, this isn't really, you know, and I know the Bible says this, but God showed me something. That's not the voice of God. God's never going to give you godly advice that is contrary to the word that he's already written. His voice is going to be harmonious. 
is that when you hear it, you're, you're almost automatically going to be able to attach it to a scripture. You, yes, Lord, you already said that. Man, I wish I, if I would have read that scripture, I'd already have this answer. A lot of times, if you want to hear God's voice, you can hear it in your reading of the scripture. That God is speaking to you currently, now, through his word, right now. He's continually speaking. He's speaking something that may affect you, change you, encourage you, bring you out, or bring you in. God's word is harmonious with his word. There's only one time in the Bible that I feel like God wasn't harmonious. And the only reason that he wasn't harmonious is because he was making sure that that man was still listening. Because God's word was this. Take your boy to the mountain and sacrifice him. That's God's word. That's the set word of God. Take this boy to the mountain and sacrifice him. And as the knife came down, the angel grabbed him and said, do the boy no harm. For now I know that you fear me. And God changed his word. Why? Because God wanted to know, are you still listening? Can you still hear me? And God stepped in front of his word. God's word was sacrifice the child, and then God stepped in front of his word. Let me tell you this. If there is something in God's word that's pushing you to something that you don't feel like you should do or shouldn't do or whatever it may be, if, if God doesn't want it to happen, he'll let him step in front of it. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is if God wants it to change, God will change it. Not, not some dude somewhere on, on, on a television set. Not some book that Billy Bob and the Goat Milk Band wrote. Are you hearing me? Not, not, not some guy who's got some new revelation. No, no, no. If God wants to change what he said, he'll put an angel in the way. You, you ain't got to worry. People tell me, well, I used to believe like this, man, but I watched this thing, and I'm telling you right now, my mind's just blown. No, that's not God. If God was going to change what he said, he had come changing himself. God will get in your way. And if God don't get in your way, let the knife fall. If God doesn't get in your way, let it be what it is. If you don't believe it, try it. He said, taste and see. And here's what I tell, I tell people all the time. You know, listen, you don't. You don't necessarily have to have all the answers to try it. You, you just, just do what the word said. If God doesn't want you to have it, then he'll get in the way of it. You know, if, you know just, just pay your tithe. If, if, God, if you're the one person on the planet that God doesn't want to do that, if, if, this, if the principle that God put in place in his word before he ever even wrote the law doesn't apply to you, well, then just pay your tithe for a while. And if God don't bless you, well, I guess you was right. Let God get in the way of this. Not you. Don't put yourself in front of the God's word. Abraham didn't put himself in front of God's word. Abraham followed God's word to the last second. It was God that stepped in and said, okay, I'm going to change. I'm, I'm, I, I know I said kill him. But, but, but 
but let me change what I said. I was just testing you. And what I'm going to say to you is if you read something in that word that you're like, I don't know, here's what I want you to do. Follow that word until God stops you. The only time in that Bible that God changed his word, he stepped, God stopped him. God said, nope. No, don't, 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 don't. I, I, I was just checking you. I was just testing you. I want to see if you really feared me. I was just checking you out. That's the only time that God was contrary to his word. So here's what I know. If I read it in this book and it doesn't sit right with my flesh, doesn't sit right with my, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what he said until he comes and stops me. But you know what I know? He, he's not going to. He's not going to because he knows that even though I'm looking at that thing and it may be hard for me to do, he knows that thing is going to be good for me. He knows that thing is going to bring me peace. He knows that thing is going to push me into my ministry. He knows that thing is going to be a blessing to me, even though I may feel that it's not. A lot of times when we hear something in the word, see something in the word, we go looking for all the interpretations and what does everybody have to say about this so that we can find the one thing that matches with what we wanted to say? Uh, you can do that if you want. To. You can do that. You can do that, man. Just, you can twist this word like any other word. You, this, you can twist it. But Abraham didn't try to twist it. Here's what Abraham told the Lord. Abraham said, Lord, the reason I followed your word to the very end is because I knew that you had the power to raise him up. <laughs> he, he said, he said I, I wasn't being a bad dad and, and, and killing my son because I had some strange dream. No, I knew that you were God Almighty. And if you did let me plunge my knife into his chest, you had the power to raise him up. I never feared for my son's life. I never feared that, that this would go too far. I believed you. God's word is always going to be harmonious. So if, so if there's a voice in your life that's speaking something contrary to God's written word, it ain't God. That's not God. God will never overstep his own boundary. God can't break his own rules. God has set in place a word, and that word is sure. God has set in place a voice, and that voice is sure. And when God speaks, it'll be in conjunction, in harmony with what he's already said. So for you, today, tonight, for you, the way that you exercise, the way that you exercise your senses is you put in your mind and your heart what's already been written. That's how you exercise your senses. That's how you know what's good and what's evil, because I know the word. That's why you need to read this book before you start reading other spiritual books so that you can discern. Uh, that's why you need to know the word before you go listening to a whole bunch of preachers on YouTube. That's why you need to know the word for yourself before you start getting out there and trying to dig deeper and, and check. You get on that crazy side of YouTube, you'll be believing the earth is flat. You got to be careful. But you, you got to be, it, it, but if you know the word, 
If you know the word, the word says that the earth spins on its sphere. That's what the Bible says. Even, even, even God. But before there was scientists and, 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 and before there were telescopes, God told us. And before NASA was a thing, God said, oh, yeah, the earth is round. And you well, well, I don't, I don't really, I just read this book. It's just, it's really awesome. I just watched this video. It's really awesome. This man, this guy's really got, what, what the word say? This is how you exercise your spirit of discernment. If I know the word and it don't match up, I know where to draw the line. That voice is not God's voice. But when someone comes to you, a prayer partner, a leader, an elder, whatever it may be, and say, hey, I feel this for you. When it matches up with God's word, you say, okay, that, that's the voice of God. That's, that's confirmation. That's, that's con Have you ever been studying something in your own personal studies and you come to church on Sunday and pastors start, pre start teaching about it? How many, how many of you this happened to? Yeah, that's, just, that's, that's not just coincidence. That's God confirming. That's just God confirming. He's, just, he's letting you know, uh, yeah, it, it's alive. That, that word's alive. And, and what was intriguing you last week, it was I was intriguing the man of God with the same thing. And, 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 and what, I was, what, what I was just testing you with, I was giving to the man of God so he could come and bring a word of confirmation. That's why if you stay in this word, it, it'll happen. It'll ha if you stay in this word, it'll, it'll happen. And that's the discerning. That's the exercising of my senses by reason of use that I can discern. This is right, and this is wrong. Amen. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless, and have a great rest of your day.